1: From the fountain of knowledge, there's lizard people everywhere. That's some interdimensional (laughs) idea.
0: Wake up, Aaron.
2: This is only the beginning.
0: You just blew my mind. Are you ready to get your mind blown?
1: Good morning, swarm, and happy 420. Welcome to Tim Fall Hat. You know I am. You know I'm here to do. I'm here to There we go. So excited to have him as my co host, the man, the myth, the legend, Xavier Guerrero. What's up? So we don't smoke the same. Uh, what a great show uh, for 420, dude. And if you guys want to check out his show, it's now available on Rockfin.
3: Yes, head over there, please. And thank you.
1: Rockfin.com. And then the ones and twos to know him and to love him. He is the man. He is the the monster. He is the. I'm trying not to say the same thing I said about Xavier. So I, I realized I was about to say the exact same thing. So just I had told- a guy
2: on who's who's just literally finished a massive volcano <laughs> rip. And he came up with names out of his ass the whole time and you couldn't even think of something different to say about me than you just said about xg
1: yeah well now he's in the doghouse okay <laughs> please welcome Jay nice johnny water the
2: show kicks ass today i'm excited to. it's a good show right yeah. you were you run out you how's your voice man you were run out of low energy on the uh good morning uh swarm bro.
1: yeah man i've been going hard to paint lately sounds like it yeah i've been going hard for the people Do You take care of your voice at all no, no like what am i gargling uh, fucking, i know
2: yeah a lot of people People who like radio guys, serious radio guys, they, they do like honey or, and all or that. Or how many
3: podcasts you did? Jo- Johnny's right. A little bit of honey would, could help you out.
2: Okay, guys. I'll work on it. <laughs> no, see, I'm just surprised you don't, honestly, because it is your profession. If you lose your voice, comedy and about podcasting about goes, man. i thought
1: about Yeah, we're all fucked. And I can't sell my ass on OnlyFans. Nobody's going to be like, former podcaster, Armenian, 48-year-old ass, $5 a month.
3: I think we'd get 500 people from this one. Uh, there would it.
1: never, dude. It would <laughs> never. And I'm not even going to try it. Don't dare me because I won't do it. Guys, I'm going to be in Phoenix, Arizona this weekend. I'll be at the House of Comedy uh, this Friday, Saturday. and uh, No, this Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I believe it's 22nd through the 24th. And then the following week, I am in uh Indianapolis I'm at Helium's and that is the Thursday,
3: Friday, Saturday.
1: What is that? That's the 28th, 29th, 30th and May 1st. Please come hang out with me. I got great people performing with me in Arizona. I got two great comics including Howie Dewey from Cash Daddies. Uh Cash Daddy's been on fire. We're all uh, going to start starting our, start our own digital currency. We on this show are thinking about starting our own digital currency. We would love to know a name that you think would be great. A lot of people are talking about starting it, naming it Abraxas. What do you think about that? Is that a cool digital name? Yeah. yeah sure. god. What? The snake is chicken. Yeah. What is it?
3: Yeah. Abraxas, the chicken snake god. Yeah, there we go. Right? Abraxas, it sounds pretty crypto. Uh,
1: uh, yeah, Abraxas, dude. That's a great name. We'll do that. We'll get that going. So I'm a I'm as you know I'm starting three uh, digital currencies. What's
3: the Cash Daddy's idea? Cash
1: Daddy's one. Then I'm gonna do a Braxis, the Chicken Snake God, and then I'm gonna do a bareback Coin for the for the for the gay community. Dude, those gay dollars. Imagine if we got all the gay digital dollars, dude. All the gay digital dollars,
2: <laughs> we'd be so fucking rich, right? Cause they've got kids or a wife they got to spend money on. We got to we got to get a we
1: disposable income, we dude.
2: Gotta with Grinder. We got to get Grinder to take. Oh, oh. dude. We got to get them to take. BBs. You just gave
1: away our million dollar idea.
2: We got to get them tens
1: to- of people that listen to this show. Okay. <laughs> you just them. gave it away. Don't steal our Grinder idea.
3: You can't have a fucking a match unless you got a little bit of fire.
1: Wow. There we go. Guys, if you want to see me live, go all my dates are at samtriple.com. I think you guys should check out samtriply.com because it has all my content on there. All my shows are there. Tinfall Hat, Cash Daddies, Punch Drunk, Union of the Unwanted. Uh, what did I forget anything Your other?
2: Specials.
1: My specials are now both there. Finally, not getting censored. So go check it out, samtri.com. Our t-shirts are there. I can't believe these T-shirts are still going. Get them while you can, man. Get the get the most uh, fucked up place on <laughs> in, on Earth T-shirts. That's what it should be called—the most fucked up place on Earth. Go get those, man. It's a great way to support the show. Now, a lot of things are happening. I I, I said that I had a uh, a big announcement. I can't say it yet, but uh, a lot of our a lot of stuff is going on. So support the show. Anything else, dude? Anything else?
2: No, nope. uh, well, broken simulation. Uh, that the new one's out. Check that out. Uh, YouTube dot com slash Sam Triple yeah, Right, it. it's there. You
1: and then if you go to uh, YouTube.com dot slash Sam Triple comedy, the comedy of Sam Triple No, Sam Triple Tripoli comedy. comedy. You're not. We're
2: now putting out little clips. Little, we call BS news. Yeah, it's our. It's highlights from the news segments. Yeah, if you. Yeah, don't so have go check time.
1: that out again. All that stuff.
2: But yeah, this we had the the cake, there's a racist Illuminati cake. On the episode of Broken Simulation. You and all it, show them on there because you're it, proud of this thumbnail, as you should be. and it just, As you should be. This thing just blows our mind, dude. We can't believe somebody was stupid enough yeah, to Yeah, I mean, like, common research. sense ain't that common. It's really not. No, it's not at all. Uh, hold on. This is not. Uh, it's playing. Stop playing. Hold on. This is just fucking. Johnny. I was not ready. Anyways, yeah,
1: Johnny's looking for it, as he's doing Guys, go check out Broken Simulation. It's a great show. And, uh, you know, all, all the shows are cooking with gas. Support us because we love you and we're working hard. And... That's about it, man. Anything else? You
2: can get it uh, the early access bonus stuff on patreon.com slash broken simulation or rockfin.com slash broken simulation.
1: Check out Zero, man, my, my spiritual podcast, man. I'm having such wonderful conversations on that. Some of the best out there. So just go to rockfin.com slash zero and uh, check it out. It's, I'm really proud of that show. It's only getting better. So yeah, that's about it. Again, go to com and support the show. And that's about it. And we got more stuff we're working on here. We're going to start really cranking stuff out so you can get all of your Timfo hat needs. Uh, on our website. So we love you very much. Dude, Chris Bennett comes and drops a hammer of the weed gods on you guys. I hope you all have a great 420. Enjoy it. Get ripped. Live life. And we'll, uh, we'll see you on the other side. Enjoy the show. Drink from the fountain of knowledge. And let's get into it. Here we go, ma'am. Very excited to have this next guest on. He is an author, and uh, he's ready to talk about something I think we're all excited to hear about, seeing that's 420, everybody. Uh, Please welcome author Chris Bennett. How are you, sir?
0: I'm doing very well, Sam, and yourself?
1: Uh, we can't complain over here. I mean by we I mean me and the voices in my head. Uh, we are doing great. Xavier doing great Johnny's uh, really on thin ice right now but the rest of us are all doing well. Thank you for joining us Chris for the for uh, our listeners who may not be uh, familiar with you, could you tell them a little bit about yourself?
0: Well uh, I've been researching the role of cannabis in magic and religion for about 30 years. I'll show you some of my books. Uh, this was the first one. It was Green, Gold, the Tree of Life, Marijuana, and Magic, and Religion, and it came out in 1995. has a foreword by Jack Herrer, who kind of started the hemp movement, and uh, George Clayton Johnson does the afterwards. He wrote the first episode of Star Trek, Outer Limits, stuff like that. Uh, this one uh, was Cannabis and the Soma Solution. It came out in 2010 about the Vedic Soma. Uh, uh, showing that archaeological evidence indicates it was actually a cannabis preparation, not a fly agaric mushroom preparation, as as popularly thought these days. And then, (laughs) sex, drugs, violence, and the Bible. In this book, I was looking at references to the Hebrew term cannabosum, which uh, Sula Bennett, back in the 30s, she was a Polish etymologist and anthropologist, an etymologist is somebody who studies language, She said there was a Hebrew term, cannabosim, that was a reference to cannabis. And I uh, um, spent a long time studying this term in context of the biblical story and uh, put together this book, which is really an incredible thing because uh, last year archaeological evidence emerged out of Israel confirming this uh, element of ancient Judaic worship, the burning of cannabis for religious purposes. (laughs) And then my last book which...
1: Uh, <laughs> for you don't know this is Chris's chair that's making that noise so don't worry oh, about yeah, it yeah,
0: just maybe I should change change chairs or yeah, something. yeah maybe just if
1: you're gonna be doing a lot of grabbing because every yeah. time you grab yeah. it sounds Leaport. like uh, uh your your whole house is crashing on top of itself
0: yeah, yeah it's an old antique chair okay like another chair yeah. this is Leaf for 20 my last book cannabis magical herbs and the occult and this deals with uh, very interesting references to cannabis. In magic and uh, religion, in medieval and Renaissance times, and give me one moment while I switch some chairs. Take your around. time,
1: brother. We are in no hurry here. Uh, I mean, like, so basically, if you smoke weed, you're a magician. How's that feel, XG?
3: You should be. Yeah, things, things come in and they disappear, depending on how. how Did you high know you,
1: are? you were studying magic when you were doing fucking Taking bong, bong hits? <laughs> You
3: get into
0: voodoo. Uh, I, I kind of get lost me there. I was multitasking. Uh, what was that?
1: <laughs> uh, we were just talking. Uh, a friend of ours, uh, well, my co-host, Xavier Guerrero, XG, yeah. uh, he has a show called We Don't Smoke the Same, and I was just telling him that every time he gets high, he's doing magic. So I just wanted come. him to know that. And he's a magician. Are there <laughs> no, a lot of Mexican magicians no, out there? No, there's none. How come Mexican, the Mexicans aren't in the magic, dude?
3: They're busy working.
1: They're too busy working. To... <laughs> right? <laughs> I, like
0: uh, like a, a rabbit out of the hat magician or like a uh, sorcerer, bro,
1: sorcerer, man. I'm all about that energy, dude. That's what I believe. Sorcery is manipulation of energy, man. That's what I really do believe. That's a, oh, you know you're just throwing energy at stuff, but that or like Mortal Kombat. That's what you uh, you just kind of like like fireball, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm totally about that. So let me ask you something. You know, um. You, how much do you think weed has affected your life?
0: Oh, well, my own personal life a lot. You know what I mean. It's uh, it's been about weed culture for decades now, and I've been smoking cannabis for I don't know forty seven years, right? You know. Uh, um, but uh, you know, I had a really powerful religious experience that led to the. I'm writing all about my books. this.
1: I'm all uh, about when this. I was
0: twenty seven. And I would say since that was like the pivotal point in in setting the path of my life, uh, which has really been dedicated to to bringing out this incredible planet to humanity and rehabilitating its image, you know, and re-understanding it historically as well with, you know, good solid historical research. So, yeah, immensely, you know. And I think it's affecting the world in a really huge way. Right now, cannabis is saving the world, you know. People are exploring industrial aspects of cannabis, like making paper out of it instead of cutting down our old growth forests. Or you could go into a supermarket now and get super nutritious hemp seeds, one of the most digestible sources of proteins, very rich in omega oils. Uh, we can replace fossil fuels with biomass fuels, replace soil-depleting carbon with organically grown uh, hemp products that last longer and better cloth. The list goes on and on and on. And all aspects of it, including the medical, where we see this incredible medicine for epilepsy, coma, cancer, uh, countless other ailments uh, uh, coming to light. And the revolution has caused in the medical uh, field with the, uh, uh, the, the, the identification of the endocannabinoid system that, that's within the human body that cannabinoids interact with. You know, so this is like a huge medical breakthrough. And, and then, you know, you take a look at what's emerging out of the sands here. You know, tomorrow I'm giving a, a lecture to Oklahoma State University's Religious Studies Department. On this new archaeology out of Israel and out of uh, back, the Bactria Margiana archaeological complex in Afghanistan, indicating cannabis's profound role at the formation of a variety of religions. Most importantly, as soma and this is uh, you know led to the, the, not only the Vedic and Zoroastrian religion, but the Hinduism, Buddhism, Sikhism, all grew out of that. You know, and then this evidence out of Israel. Of, of cannabis being burnt in the temple. Well, that's got a huge impact here in the West where so many people uh, uh, believe in, in, in the biblical storyline. And, and it's very interesting when you take a look at these references to cannabis and the story that is, is retold now of cannabis in the ancient world in, in, in the biblical uh, context.
1: Well, I, I love it, man, because I think we've gotten away from the plants Uh, Whether it's uh, cannabis, uh, shrooms, I think that's a big problem with organized religion right now is that so much of it is like, you know, mortal men telling you what gods want instead of, you know, you partaking of particular, uh, you know, plants, whether it's, again, weed or or mushrooms and and talking to God. I think, you know, we got to get back to nature, I think so many people are away from nature. Even living in, like, Los Angeles, right? It's just such a, a metropolis of cement, dude. And, like, it's yeah. so hard to get a, get away to nature. And it is almost why I like San Diego more, because the beach is right there, all that stuff's right there. You're very close to nature, man. And, you know, the role of, of, of marijuana and how hard they pushed to demonize this stuff so everyone would run to prescription medication because for, because humans are trusting people. We really want to trust. We really like – because most of us, deep down inside – are good people. The psychopaths out there all want to be third world dictators, but really, most people just want to make a dollar, feed their family, you know, have a beer, get their dick wet, and enjoy life, man. You know, and and there's this small group of very, very, very driven psychopaths out there who just want to control everything, including like taking something that's very natural and making a synthetic version of it and then push it on the masses. You know, it's like uh, synthetic marijuana. Dude, that's that's not marijuana. There There should be no saying of marijuana at the end of that. But you get these guys, in particular athletes, smoking this stuff so they can pass a drug test, and then they end up like... Jumping off of second floor balconies because they're so tweaked out, man. And our our view of marijuana is ridiculous. The you know I, I you know it's when when uh, one of the Diaz brothers got kicked out because he had cameloid in his his drug in his system, and they're like, oh, it's a performance enhancer. I'm like, I, what are you talking about? Sin-? You know, it's like, <laughs> what are you talking about? It's like there's uh, there's no like the 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 medical community is so half-assed backwards when it comes to these natural plants because the only way you get funding the only way you get hired is if you regurgitate a narrative that that the people paying for everything want and it's so hard to go off the reservation when you're like hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt man from medical school it's like if, if you know if there's anything that bernie sanders says and, and i'm not here to get in a political uh, argument but the one thing is like you want covered college tuition how about how about we start with the with doctors how about we? How about we relieve the debt of doctors so they can start their own practice and not have to be pushing drugs to pay off all their bills to the point that they get a, a, a used to that kind of money and then it stops being about health and it starts being about I, I'm a drug dealer, right? So yeah. I mean. I want to get into all this. So any of your thoughts on anything I just yelled about for two minutes?
0: Well, you know, uh, I'm on the same page with you a lot. You know, besides being an author, I had a shop in Vancouver, uh, British Columbia here in Canada called the Urban Shaman for 20 years and supplied shamanic plants, you know, legally. Uh, you know, everything I could get away with Plants for making ayahuasca, <laughs> peyote, live and dried All these sorts of uh, uh, Sacred medicines that have been around And my view for a long time Is the right to these plants is a natural right Akin to our right to air To, to water To the the earth we live on, man And we have a, an indigenous human Humanitarian relationship With these plants going back to the dawn of time You know uh, um, So they're sacred medicines, you know And now uh, um, once my shop got kind of shut down by the interactions with the government and whatnot, uh, um, I'm out here at a, my, my la- our latest project, which is called Soma Institute, which is three acres in the mountains here uh, with a, a house and cabins and a spa dedicated to the sacred plant medicines and uh, dedicated to the education and celebration of those sacred plant medicines. You know, And on the, the road that I'm on here in Canada, there's a $20 million factory growing legally cannabis and psychedelic mushrooms. What? Uh, you know, things are really moving here in Canada after the legalization Uh, of cannabis. We started moving forward into other plants and myself and other uh, activists were able to get a uh, a petition before the Canadian government uh, seeking the decriminalization of these sacred medicines. And that's still yet to be talked in the houses of the Canadian Parliament here in the future. Uh, um, so there's a lot of stuff moving in that direction here in Canada. I'd like to see a little more movement down there uh, stateside. It's too bad uh, old man Biden's not with the uh, cannabis campaign, that's for sure.
1: I mean, his son smokes crack, but, <laughs> I mean, besides that, I, it's just unbelievable. Oh, you know, that- he's going
3: on a book tour, making money off that, while while there's people in jail that his dad put in there. Yeah, for Yeah, I mean, he fucking- just in
1: Mark Maron's podcast. I love Mark Maron. He's one of my favorite Mark comics out there. I just... I don't know why I guess everybody has a right to be heard and maybe that's it I you know but that's a different conversation um I I totally agree with you. I know Oregon's move forward. It's such an interesting thing cuz there's like such progressive movements on some front and then just some really like what is going on here movements over here. I you know not to get into COVID or anything like that but just you know the, the, from what we see from oh, here in the states what's happening in uh Canada it's just like you tell me about you know free health care, which sounds great, you know you, you know I don't want to get into that argument for the listeners and, and and but you're talking about marijuana, you're talking about the legalization of 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 shrooms we've had that in Oregon, but then we see these kind of like really um. I mean fascist would you say like kind of uh movements with what Trudeau's doing right now with these lockdowns and then I think it's Toronto they just got even crazier lockdowns cuz numbers are spiking even though that doesn't make any sense at all uh it's just super inter- it's like one step forward two steps back huh it's kind of weird man
0: it's just yeah, kinda- yeah well this covid thing's you know been a kick in the nuts for everybody and uh, it hasn't been a great, you know, I just opened this retreat up a couple of years ago and COVID's kind of not really making that very very effective, you know what I mean? Uh, um, but, uh, yeah, it's like, I don't know, man. I don't know what, what's at the end of this. I I think they're trying to deal with a difficult problem myself, you know what I mean? And they're trying things and not everything's working. And, you know, it's unpredictable. There's a lot of... Uh, you know the whole the whole COVID thing right from the get go. You know what I mean. Still not clear exactly uh, uh, where all this even came from. Yeah, and, yeah, and, it's and, crazy. And answered questions.
1: I don't want the to get cannabis, too much into that real, real
0: quick. Is something that I've been really interested in following. And there's been numbers of studies, uh, legit scientific studies in Israel, in Canada, in North Carolina, about different aspects of how COVID is very effective for uh, 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 COVID. And uh, so what, what is what uh, is cannabis, cannabis,
1: cannabis? there's okay. yeah,
0: so like, Numbers of scientific studies about this. Forbes has written about it. Other newspapers have written about this and done news stories on it you can google around on cannabis and covid and you'll find some of this but apparently some terpenes uh go to the same receptor sites that covid attaches to uh, um, and prevents it from from so it's preventative and then it's also got uh, uh probably you know uh, uh uh, things that are, are, have to do with the more heavy-duty cases of COVID and relieving uh, the stress of that on the body, and there's you know it, you know advanced uh, studies in Israel going on about this. So uh, it's pretty interesting to see that. You know what I mean? And so my policy is just uh, stay isolated and stay stoned. <laughs> 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 that's see that's great. Working what? so far
1: today's show is brought to you by CBD line that's right our 420 episodes brought to you by our good friends at CBD line listen CBD line has products that are perfect for the perfect tools for your tool belt to deal with life CBD line uh, products are good for helping with stress insomnia pain and help overall well-being and improve body functions. They have a huge line of products and I guarantee you you'll find something that will work for you. This is even a, a there's even a quiz, man. That will help you pick the products that could help the most. Everything is third-party tested so you know you're getting the best high-quality product out there, dude. And guess what? They got a 420 sale. That's right. It, for all of our listeners, just go to their website and use the promo code TINFOIL and you'll get 35% off. That's right. They have all new products like lemon gummies, Friday pack gummies, m- more gummies, four new strings of hemp flour, <laughs> pre-rolls. Okay. Also, if you spend, spend $75, over $75, you will get a mystery free product. I'm all about that mystery free products. Get it going. Who knows what's getting in it? And guess what? Also, the PlayStation 5 giveaway runs until the end of the month. That's right, dude. They're giving away a PlayStation, and all you got to do is buy CBD and gummies and weed. I mean, the world's a great place, and you you buy a little and you enter, and you got a chance to win a PlayStation 5 and let your the stripper down the hall think you're important, okay? I mean, it's just that simple. All because of CBD Lion. Okay. And if all of this sounds great to you. Okay. Just do this. Uh, just, just CBD Lion can help you. Okay. Just go to CBDLion.com and after the coupon code tinfoil to get 20% off. That's CBDline like the dot com. Coupon code tinfoil. Okay. Check them out. Read one of their 200 positive reviews. Okay. This stuff works. Give it a try. How much do you love it?
3: I love it. You got to do it. You got to do 420, it, dude. Let's go.
1: Okay. It's good to go. We love you CBD line and happy 420 again, guys. What if getting what if the way to be COVID is to just get it stoned as fuck? So it didn't know what it was doing. You're like, you're sick COVID. Smoke weed. All of a sudden you feel, it's like it doesn't know what to do. It's too high. It's just trying to get you to go to Taco Bell, right? How (laughs) crazy is that? So let's get into some stuff because it is our 420 episode, even though it is not number 420, but we're going to call it our 420 celebration. Um, Where do we begin, man? How early is the relationship between humans and hemp? Like, you know, it
0: is so old, you know. Carl Sagan actually speculated that it was humanity's first agricultural crop, and this is something Terrence McKenna suggested as well. And uh, Sagan based his speculations on pygmies who first began agriculture after discovering cannabis, and, begin- and they began using it ritually, right? But historically, uh, based on archaeology, fiber-wise, Uh, According to Elizabeth Whalen Barber, she's she's the foremost authority on agent textiles. Um, She says that tools used for breaking up hemp fibers uh, um, go back 28,000 years ago. And there's claims of hemp rope in Czechoslovakia that are from about 24,000 B.C. Um, and then by ten, twelve thousand 12,000 B.C., in, in Taiwan mm-hmm. and over in Turkey at Qadil Hayak, an ancient uh, civilization site there, uh, we have at uh, both these sites, very uh, separated by distance, uh, evidence of hemp cloth, you know. Now, originally, uh, um, it's about the oldest evidence that we have is about uh, 3,500 B.C., when uh, um, I say ritually, I just mean uh, use of it for burning, inhaling, or ingesting in some way. Uh, um, uh, from 3500 B.C. in R- Romania, uh, um, where they found evidence of a cup-like uh, thing that was used for burning it, cannabis, and you'd sit over it and inhale the fumes. And similar evidence has been found in the Ukraine region from about 3000 B.C. Now, this is the what's referred to as the Proto-Indo-European homeland. And I don't know if you know what Indo-European language is or or anything about Indo-European language, but Indo-European language that grew out of this earlier Proto-Indo-Europeans that I'm talking about, uh, it's the oldest sort of root language, and it's the root language that is common for, you know, French, English, German, but also Sanskrit and uh, Persian and, and some of the other Asian languages as well, right? And so this was... In use before those languages even split off, before out of this mother language, it's thought that the root, the Proto Indo European root word for cannabis was cannab. And you see this AN in a lot of cannabis words in different languages that's in cannab, chandra. Cannabis, uh, Humph in Germany, bong in, 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 in Persian, sana in yeah. Sanskrit, uh, um, various uh, adaptions of this same word throughout languages. And this isn't my like personal research. I'm just talking about what etymologists and linguists say about the term and its origins, right? Um, and uh, these proto-Indo-Europeans were also the first to domesticate the horse. And this is thought to have happened with hemp rope and uh, that enabled us to corral them and bring them under our control, right? Oh, wow. And it's because of this nomadic aspect of Indo-European culture that cannabis spread throughout much of the ancient world. I love and that. And it came into use. So someone so, got high no, as shit
1: and was really like, old. let's Foundation sit on that horse.
0: Civilizational, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah.
1: Someone's, like, so high, they're like, let's sit on that, dude. They're like, no, like, bro, let's use this. Dude, let's go ride that weird dog, man. (laughs) let's go ride that giant dog over there, man. (laughs) That's so great, dude.
0: Well, you know, uh, Dr. Jeffrey Guy, who's head of GW Pharmaceuticals, one of the first, like, pharmaceutical companies to really pursue cannabis extract medicines, right? And uh, Dr. John McPartland, a well-known cannabis researcher, they've actually speculated that cannabis played a role in what's referred to as the Great Leap Forward. And that's when, like, caveman and stuff like that started coming up with these novel concepts like controlling fire, uh, make, getting the wheel, domesticating the horse, and, and all that type of stuff, and that it may have served some sort of evolutionary role in the sort of novel thinking that can uh, be derived from using cannabis. <coughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, like that, shrooms, I'm sure, like, people tripping balls were totally a way to think outside the box.
3: Shrooms and fucking weed back then at the same time? Yeah. Mind-blowing.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, you're a caveman, you smoke some weed, like, how bad are you tripping balls, man, coming up with ideas? Like, how about a wall? What's a wall? Just hear me out. We make walls around us so these animals will stop trying to eat us, right? I think, dude, I'm I'm pretty sure because left to their own devices, I, I don't know how outside the box some people could get. I also don't, you know, then you start getting into something that I suffer from where I thought you had to be doing drugs to be creative. But I, I think there's a time where it's like certain drugs can kind of enhance what you're thinking, right? I mean, George Carlin used to talk about that. He's like, I don't do drugs. So I do smoke weed. He's, I, and he was talking well, about
0: take a look at something like hip hop, you know what I mean? Where would that be without cannabis? So many of those rhymes and uh, songs have been brought about by re- repetitive beat and uh, somebody sitting there smoking and then the words start coming out. And this is much the same way that cannabis was used in the ancient world. You got to remember music itself at one time was a shamanic art, you know? and it would help bring people into a state of consciousness. You can, like, kind of get into a right brain trance with a repetitive beat, you know. And Julian Jaynes, in his great book, The Origins of Consciousness, and the breakdown of the bicameral mind, which really influenced Terence McKenna's concept of the stoned ape theory, as it's called, about drugs and the origins of religion, he points out a lot how this sort of repetitive beat, and, you know, in a temple setting, is how much of the ancient uh, religious literature of the world was written and recorded. It was all in verse and in poetic verse and stuff like that because it was like, ba-dum, ba-dum, ba-dum. and then the words start coming out and the scribes start writing it down, you know? And now we know from archaeological evidence, like in, in, the, in, in the case of the Bible, that like these modern hip hop artists, that people were burning cannabis resins right inside a temple setting. For inspiration, just this sort of inspiration we're talking about.
1: Yeah, man. It's just so interesting how far away from this stuff we have gotten.
3: A thing I want to ask you, so uh, you've been smoking weed for a long time, and I mean, I'm going to play devil's advocate. I like high THC levels like everybody, but would, would you say it's a whole different like, level? Because that's what they're saying, that THC levels are above... and then it's a whole different kind of weed. Like if you give it to someone that hasn't smoked weed and you give them some weed from the 70s, it's mind-blowing would you say that that is a problem
0: you know it's funny i was writing today on uh, on social media how when i was you know like 12 years old the first cannabis i had it was like back in those days people didn't even know about bud. they just grew big leafy plants mm. and they'd harvest it before it even went into bud and we smoked the broadleaf dried. it was called commercially get it for like 20 bucks an ounce it's just garbage but we'd smoke enough of it that we got high eventually, you know what I mean? Uh, um, it was a little while before I saw uh, a cannabis, real good cannabis, you know what I mean? Uh, until I was a little, maybe a teenager, about 14, 15, and started seeing this stuff, right? Um, so there was definitely a lot of real crappy weed, but by the time I was 14 or 15, there was stuff like Thai weed uh, uh, um, and uh, um, some exotic Hawaiian strains, and stuff like that, that I think would be on par with, with with a lot of the cannabis that we're smoking today uh, um and you know myself, I'm a heavy indica user. You know what I mean? I, I like really strong, stronger the indica, more pungent the indica. It, it, that's what I like. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> and, and, and and I use a lot. You know, I, I don't know like a lot. I mostly vaporize. Right? I
1: love that you felt you had to tell us that. That's the funniest thing. <laughs> it's like we yeah, we know well, you. you know, spoke as,
0: as far as long term use goes, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, I don't think I've ever typed the word in front of my <laughs> books uh, without having some cannabis going beside me. you know <laughs> (laughs) that's so funny
1: dude that's so funny Uh, yeah dude i i i love it you know i when i did smoke weed um you know when i was young i do a joke about how you kids will never understand what it's like to have to go get weed like with your weed shops right now you're a footlocker of marijuana right
0: (laughs) we have to go to a
1: bad section of town find some dude named roscoe on the on the corner of rape and murder, right? And we'd buy a bag. And then we couldn't even smoke the bag because we'd have to go through it for stems and seeds, man. You would just yeah. get these giant seeds and if you didn't look for them, they would blow up and you heard fucking stories about a guy who lost his face by smoking <laughs> a fucking
0: Bring out the album cover and separate everything.
1: Yeah, yeah. You had to do lawn maintenance, man, on your weed, dude. We We even had to work to get high. You kids are so blessed. We had to put in fucking work, dude, just to smoke some weed, dude. Wow. Today's episode is brought to you by our good friends at Athletic Greens, the most comprehensive daily nutritional beverage I've ever tried, okay? With so many stressors in life, it's difficult to maintain effective nutritional habits and give our body the nutrition, nutrients it needs to thrive, okay? Busy schedule, poor sleep, exercise, stress, or simply not eating enough of the right foods, okay? This is where Athletic Greens can help, okay? Their daily all-in-one superfood powder is your nutritional essentials, okay? It is by far the easiest, most delicious nutritional habit that you can and add to your health routine today and empower you to take over your health. Okay, own your health, ownership of your health. That's what we're talking about. I can't recommend this enough to friends or family. Okay, one tasty scoop of athletic greens contains 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food source ingredients, including a multivitamin, multimineral, probiotic, green foods blend, and more that all work together to fill in the gaps in your diet, okay? Increase your energy and your focus, aid with digestion, and supports a healthy immune system, all without having to take multiple vitamins, multiple products, okay? So this is what's going on right now, dude, okay? Right now, Athletic Greens is doubling down on supporting your immune system during these spring months, okay? They are offering my audience free one-year supply of vitamin D and 5 free travel packets with your first purchase if you visit my link today. You're basically never have to buy vitamin D again, okay? I just tell all my friends, all my family, I drink this every day, every morning, kickstarts my day, getting my multi uh, my nutritional greens and getting my multivitamin, multi probiotic superfood to kick off the day. All right? I tell all my family and friends to do it. So this is what I need you to do. Simply visit athleticgreens.com slash tinfoil and join health experts, athletes, conspiracy podcasters, and health-conscious go-getters around the world who make a daily commitment to their health every day. Again, simply visit athleticgreens.com slash tinfoil and get your free year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packets today. And it's crazy. And it's just like – it's just – when you look back at like how – a far and long humanity has been around and its relationship with marijuana and you just see the the game that was played by these politicians and these giant pharmaceutical companies to demonize something like like i would, lo- I would love to know who wrote reefer madness
0: well, you know, that's generally the whole reformatist things, you know, attributed to Henry Anslinger, right? You know what I mean? And William Randolph Hearst contributed a lot of, like, yellow journalism about cannabis. Jack Harrow had a theory that this was all tied up with uh, petroleum and uh, uh, um, wood uh, pulp uh, interests. You yeah. Know? That there, there was, like, a, a conspiracy to outlaw cannabis. I think it was just rape. You know, had, you know those, those factors... I'm sure, contributed industrially where industrial interests were at because, like, you know, the, the, the that's not the only plant that got pushed out. The rubber plant industry got kind of pushed out by the whole petroleum industry as well because it seemed like it was just as Endless amount of goop that you can make everything out of at that time. You know what I mean. And it was the most profitable, and that's where the industry is often focused. You know what I mean. And uh, you know wood wood paper as well. You know it was like there's all these standing forests. Nobody's doing anything. Let's just cut them down. You know it's it, it's it's sure it's great at the beginning, but you know it's not a a renewable in, industry in the same way that you know farming something is. You know one acre of hemp over the same 20-year period is estimated to produce as much paper as four acres of of, of trees. You know what I mean? Over a four-year period of 20 acres of trees. I I got that reversed there, right? Um, And so uh, um, I don't know. You know what I mean? that, That may be some part of it. But there was just like a lot of racism. Same thing here in Canada with our drug laws were largely started by demonizing Chinese people who smoked opium. And, you know, like opium that's is a big like thing, is or, or anything like that. These guys worked all day and then they went to an opium den and smoked opium and then got up the next day and worked again instead of going to bars and stuff like that. That's what their cultural thing was. And this was all demonized with you know the slant of the the the, the, the white browed races being seduced by the dark browed races, um, and their and their. No, drugs no, no, that's
1: true, dude. Like you, that, that you, you, they talk about that in um, the book Chaos when it talk about you know it's a, the book is about Charlie Manson and the role of uh, you know the intelligence community, but a big chunk of it is about. In the intelligence communities and their manipulation of drugs, uh, the pushing of certain drugs, the demonization of other drugs. And, you know, a big thing was in San Francisco where I, you know, I was talking today with Brian Callen about it. It was like, hey, Ashbery was a giant free rage psychological operation. They were doing experiments on what drugs would, how, people doing this drugs, how would they act? People doing this drugs, how would they act? And, you know, that's where a lot of people think San Francisco is where the drug war started and and, and what Chris is talking about, which is that they, de- they decided to demonize opium and they made it seem like the Chinese were... Opium fiends that were going around going to commit, you know, robbery, rape, and murder, and that they demonize it, in my humble opinion, this is Sam speaking, not Chris, they demonize something to black market it so that they can control all the means getting it in getting it out and they're getting paid at every moment including the the arresting the locking up and all that other parts that come with the conspiracy with the uh, uh, prison industrial complex so 100 percent that was it well man when you see Nixon openly comes out and says the, the that the drug war was to cripple the black community and the hippie community the problem with that is that the hippie movement was a giant and this is Sam's. Speaking not Chris. A giant uh, CIA PSYOP. You know, dude, you take a look at what, 60s? I mean, someone should really take a uh, real good look and do a movie on the 60s. I know it's been done, but not like done the way where it's like the chaos of the 60s from the artistic revolution and what role intelligence had in that to the open assassination of leaders on a level like we wouldn't even understand right now. I mean, we see guys dying, but they're like they're not like Martin Luther King, JFK, Malcolm X, you know? Hey, imagine
2: if it would be on TV, every, it would be live TV, you know, and you just see some guy's head explode.
1: People's be like this is the worst year of all time, you know, like that was happening on the regular
3: in the 60s, man. If Trump was in the 60s, he would have been gone. Yeah, I think so. I thought, I oh, thought you it, mean they would take yeah, him, out. Well, him out? somebody would have took him out. Well, I mean, that's been, the
1: assumption is yeah. that that he's 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 going after people. I think Trump just was a nationalist compared to these other guys. I mean, like, but they're, it's all, I mean, dude, when we take a look, again, we're going to get back to cannabis, but when you take a look at, like, who's involved with this Wuhan lab, BlackRock is a giant part of it. BlackRock. And who was... Trump's, like, head of the Fed guy was the dude who ran BlackRock. I mean, it's right there. So it's like, I think as time goes by, it'll be like, uh, you know, like, Trump might be like Kobe. As you kind (laughs) of take a step back, you're like, okay, was it really this? What what, is what we thought in the moment really what happened? And, like, I would say anybody that level, I wouldn't trust them as far as I can kick them. Because they don't let people into that level. But back to cannabis, man. I mean... How much is, I mean, like, just look at what's going on with, like, the people who smoke all the weed. The only people I know that smoke weed that are violent seem to be rappers. And they kind of, like, they kind of ruin weed and pit bulls. Am I right? Like, everyone <laughs> thinks pit bulls are bad because they see them in fucking hip-hop videos. Raw, 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 barking at everybody when they're just little lovers. And if they're bad dogs, it's because they got bad owners. But outside that, I've never met – oh, uh, you, you remember when they you remember when they were trying to start legalizing weed? You'd see these dumb stories like, man on weed, Kills senior citizens. You're like, dude, we know that's not real. We're, we're past this. We're passing this. Either you come with us or you don't come with us. But it's the history of that. They
2: tried so hard with that. too. You, those stories are in the news every week. Right? Yeah. And like, it's well, – the, uh, the, the
0: name hashish and assassin, they're thought to come from the same root word. Hashishin, and this was uh, attributed by the stales of uh, Marco Polo and Arthur of Lubeck. This is one of the first stories about uh, cannabis that made it over to medieval Europe, uh, was that uh, Hassan I. Sabah, the old man of the mountain and uh, leader of the assassins, Hashishins, uh, would uh, get new recruits by uh, drugging them with a hashish potion, and then they'd wake up in this, this garden inside this, the temple walls of this castle he built that it was full of you know, young women, and the, the streams were made to flow with wine, and they'd think they'd died and gone to paradise, the Islamic <laughs> paradise, with all the virgins and stuff, right? And then he'd drug them again, and this is the story Marco Polo tells, right? I'm sure it's far from the actual uh, situation. Um, he'd drag him again, and then they'd wake up and he'd say, ah, so I've shown you paradise, now you must be my servant if you want to see it again, and then they'd follow him and do whatever he told, right? And they were known for for their type of uh, assassinations. Instead of going to war with kingdoms bigger than theirs, they'd infiltrate the kingdom by uh, having one of the loyal Hashishins become part of the household and servants and stuff. And then one night the king would wake up with a knife and a pillow with a note in it saying, "Eh, you better do what we say, we can get you any time, you know, and if if he didn't follow through, he'd be assassinated. Uh, Probably mostly myth, but uh, cannabis... And warriors do have some sort of a connection in history. Bruce Lee was a total hash hat. There's some great quotes from Bruce <laughs> Lee. And in the MMAR scene, you know, it's not just Joe Rogan smoking herb. There's a whole whole weed culture in, in MMAR, you know, uh, that's massive. And with Zulus as well. They were known for smoking, uh, using cannabis before going into battles. And uh, Nihang Sikhs, the warrior branch of, of the Sikh religion, uh, that is uh, uh, well-known for their, their battle expertise, they drank a preparation of cannabis called Sukhudun as their sacrament. Uh, um, and this goes back into the ancient Scythians as well, one of the really uh, interesting cannabis cultures of the ancient world, where men and women fought alongside each other. These, like, were, like very, these were like nomadic horse-riding people, and they would burn cannabis in braziers inside little tents and inhale the fumes. And uh, um, they were, like, notoriously uh, uh, battle-worthy opponents, but, you know, probably kind of more of like a samurai set of mind uh, when it, in regards to their use of, of cannabis that's being used before battle. Cannabis can be a great sports enhancer. You know, you take a look at surfing, skateboarding, snowboarding, any of those type of flowy type of sports. I and guess you're going to find some hardcore heads at the pinnacle
3: of that. Yeah. <laughs> well, Eddie Bravo has his uh, jiu-jitsu tournament called High Rollers. Yeah. And they're all high, and then the winner gets a bong. Yeah, it gets, uh, No, like, They get a fucking fat sack yeah. Yeah, of yeah. weed, and, dude. Yeah, the whole— it's a I whole, guess I
1: was wrong. Well, that was the hard argument about the Diaz. They said that if you were high before you fought, it relaxes you. So I guess I was wrong on that. Uh,
0: yeah, you man. Know, I kind of think you know, it'll put you in the zone You know what I mean I was I surf for years and I, I still skateboard Shit and uh, I don't know I, I always pop before you, I do that type you, of stuff
3: You guys would know the NBA doesn't do uh, They stopped Yeah
2: see because it puts you yeah. in the zone like, also, make, yeah. I, I think it also helps with recovery and inflammation You know recovery from yeah. injuries Recovery from day to day Grind of NBA it's
1: Oh like yeah it. I mean like dude if you're high You're not realizing the pressure around you And you're just kind of like
3: you're not thinking. And if you practice high, you kind of have to play high. And you know oh, yeah. Well, they high. all yeah. were all doing yeah.
1: it. I mean, we're going to look back at, like, people that got bu- kicked out of leagues for w- drugs, and you're going to be like, dude, how barbaric and stupid <coughs> was that? How- Ross Rabliati, the
0: Olympic uh, snowboarder, caused such a ruckus oh, yeah. years ago. Well, no, he's a, he's a major cannabis rower uh, in the industry now here in B.C.,
1: yeah, I mean, imagine you're like, okay, you can either have a gold medal or have a, be a weed kingpin. Which one do you want to do? I mean, it's pretty easy, dude. It's yeah. pretty easy, man. So, I mean, so basically what we've learned today so far <laughs> is that uh, rappers and assassins are the only people who smoke weed and get a little weird. Okay, a little violent. <laughs> uh, I want to get back into the history. who are the first known weed smokers? I mean, I, I did you already talk about that? I feel like who was the first?
0: Oh, man. Well, yeah, I talked about, you know, the evidence, archaeological evidence out of uh, Ukraine and Romania going back uh, 5,500 years ago. Uh, um, And, you know, like, you know, the evidence, this evidence in Israel is pretty interesting. This is from uh, 800 B.C. and they found an altar site in Arad Jerusalem. Um, I can. I don't know. Can I share a screen here? Can I show you some pictures on my desktop? Oh hell yeah, dog! Hell we'll see yeah, if that works. Yeah, yeah, sure. I'll just a second, I have, have to see if post disabled attendee no, screen no, try, 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 know, try, try,
2: try again now. It's good. Try again now. Try
0: okay. now. Okay, desktop. Okay, so make sure your
1: porn's off, dude.
0: Yeah, no, nothing like that here, man. <laughs> <laughs> really, really bad. <laughs> uh, okay, so. I'm gonna. I got my screen up there now. I'm gonna show you some different things here. This is the temple site in Arad, Jerusalem, that they found from 800 BC. This is where it was uh, originally, and they've moved it into a museum location, right? And so here's a uh, uh, another picture of it. The altar on the left, they found frankincense was burned, but the altar on the right, cannabis resins were burned, right?
1: Wow! So they um, moved it,
0: and this is all. This is all like you know. Ar- this is my. You know, this is like some theory. This is like archaeology, right? And to give you some idea of how big it is. Here's a person in that altar, right? So this would have been walled up and had a cover on it, and cannabis resins would have been burning on this little altar in here. So you can imagine it was quite the holy hot box, right? Yeah,
1: it was like their version of Firefest, right? Just people yeah. out there partying their That <laughs> yeah. It was their Burning Man, dude. It was their Burning Man.
0: Yeah, this was interesting to me because for decades – I've been writing about this Hebrew term, which I mentioned earlier, cannabosim, which uh, this uh, entomologist and anthropologist, Sula Bennett, said were references to cannabis. And cannabosim was used in just this manner, right? And we see here an illustration from some biblical book, you know, uh, of the, uh, the high priest. It would, would be Moses' role putting this holy ointment on the burning incense there, right? And the holy oil had about six pounds of uh, cannabis mixed with myrrh and cinnamon into olive oil. And every time that Moses would speak to the Lord, and you've got to remember, like, God first appears to Moses in flames of fire from one of the burning bush, right? Um, he's to take some of this holy oil with this can of in it, right? And he's to place it on this altar of incense. And then he speaks to the Lord in the pillar of smoke uh, 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 that's there. And there's no speaking of the Lord in the whole story unless that incense is burning with that pillar of smoke. It Damn. represents the presence of God. And then he says to God, you know, God, what are we going to do? And a voice comes back out of the smoke. Well, when you do that, that becomes like shamanism, right? Uh, now, what <laughs> happened is is later on, uh, um, or probably even at that time period, what a lot of people don't realize is that at one time, the God of the Bible had a wife. There are some references to this in the Bible itself, Chronicles and the Book of Kings. It talks about the Asherah being in the temple. Well, we now know that Asherah was a, uh, um, a goddess. and This is an ancient inscription. Uh, talking about Asherah and Yahweh uh, uh, as a couple. And Yahweh is the name of you know, Hebrew name of Jehovah, right? And there's been numbers of these inscriptions found, right? Uh, um, these are all different inscriptions that have been found in Israel from this time period. Yahweh and his Asherah. And this is Asherah on the right here holding her boobs. Uh, yeah. And she's also symbolized by the tree of life, which was thought to be your <sighs> sacred plant. And William M. Bowden, a botanist, he says in her cult, particularly used cannabis resins as part of their sacred rites, and it was associated with a sacred tree, the tree of life. In fact, they now say that the biblical story of Eden is likely a retelling of this earlier mythology where Asherah and Yahweh were together, and the forbidden trees in Eden were actually the adoption of this mythology involving cannabis, because this very altar in Arad that we're talking about here, um, uh, um, there was two altar stones and two incense things. This is because it was Yahweh and his wife, right? And when you take a look at these references to Cannabossum, this is what was so puzzling to me when I first uh, came across this, was that uh, um, the initial references start out very positive and glowing as part of the Holy Anointing oil, But by the end, uh, it's being condemned as this foreign thing uh, uh, and associated with the goddess, the Queen of Heaven. In Jeremiah, he condemns those who burn incense to the Queen of Heaven, and then it becomes just a god, just a male god. So the suppression of cannabis... In the ancient world is one thing with ramifications, right? Uh, that can be felt today in our religious life, as you noted. Uh, um, but you've got to think about the suppression of the goddess and the effect that has had on human history uh, um, and uh, um, how that has affected the relationship between men and women. You weren't really allowed to vote a few decades ago. They're still struggling for equal rights. You know what I mean? And this is largely due to the desacralization of the goddess in the ancient world. Couldn't agree more. Ramifications for thousands of years now.
1: And and what is being pushed right now is not the divine feminine is not being pushed right now. What is being pushed is this bizarro feminism, which is like, hey, God, the cool shit is what guys do, Right. You want to be an equal, you gotta do guy stuff, but that's not how the world works. And it's just like if you want to do that, that's fine. But there's a yin and yang to the world, dude. And we we are meant to be symbiotic with each other and work together. I'm not listen. If you do whatever you do to make you happy, and only you know if it's working out. I, I no matter what someone tells you in life, you do something, and when you take your last breath, you're gonna know whether you made the right decisions or not okay and i, I support you in whatever you do but the the, me, the 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 sacred feminine the nurturing the loving has been completely uh, just annihilated in our culture man and it, 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 the, the the empathy having empathy the beauty of that is gone there's no empathy There's no, you know, it's just like when you see people on the news going, oh, yeah, being a stay home mom, that's going half ass backwards. I do not know outside my children, anyone I love as much as my mother and I love my father. But your mother and if you have a blessed relationship with your mama, that's great. If you don't, I totally understand. And I'm not saying everybody has to. But there's a certain bond that most people have with their mother, the divine feminine that is not. At all revered in modern culture right now, what's revered is what is like. I gotta get my. I'm a bit, by, and that's for guys too, man. It's like you see the pushing of all of the wrong stuff in modern culture right now, and that's been done purposefully, so you don't know who you are and how special you are. And it's just the truth, man. And you know, the look at what we're talking about today. You know, the pushing of the uh, of the the destroying of the divine the divine feminine, the, 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 demonization of a natural plant. And you know, this, I had a buddy of mine one time. He's like, if we was legal, I'd smoke it. I'm like, that is the most, <laughs> and, and he's the nicest loving human being on the planet. He's the, he's so loving. He's a great father. He's such a good dude. I'm so blessed that he's my friend. And, you know, but when I heard that, I go, dude, there's so much stuff that was legal that is an atrocity against humanity. You know, don't don't look for laws to tell you what's wrong. Look in your heart what's right and wrong. Okay? Was your friend on parole? No, he's okay, no, man, dude. He he's man, the, the the super religious, wonderful dude. Couldn't ask for a better friend in life. And just was like, if weed was legal, I'd do it. I'm like, ah oh, man, you can't let man tell you how to live in your universe, man. The universe tells you how to live in the universe. And when you do things. That, the, that is good for your soul, good for humanity, the universe rewards you. And when you don't do that, the universe shows you. And then if you keep doing it, then the, 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 the universe warns you. And then if you keep doing it, it shows you. I see it happen all the time, man. People don't hear the warning signs from the universe. And the universe is like, okay, okay. I tried to warn you. And you didn't want to listen. So now I got to show you. And... If you're lucky, you make it through that man. Like when you know when you see people in recovery, it's like those are people that listened to the warnings that were that the universe was giving them, and they're they're trying to trying
3: to get back. You're on, right. Most people in rehab did get a couple warnings. Got a couple yeah. warnings, and they're lucky they got out. And they, you know,
1: uh, I want to get into some more stuff, dude, because I love this thing. Can we talk about cannabis in the Bible? Can we talk a little bit about that?
0: A little bit more? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. absolutely can. Uh, uh, well, we were just talking about uh, the role there in, in, in that, you know, uh, in the Old Testament period where we see references in Ezekiel where it's coming in on a caravan trade. And this is something these archaeologists are saying about the cannabis in uh, Israel is that it actually wasn't grown there. And that's what these biblical references to cannabosum say it comes in on, <laughs> as an item of trade, right? Uh, um, and then in Isaiah – God gets mad. He says, "You have not brought any cannabis for me, but you've you know you've placed your sins on me. But you've brought nothing to sacrifice." Uh, um, and he's pissed off because there's not being cannabis brought for him because it was a real rare commodity back in those days—a very pricey, expensive uh, thing to get a hold of. But there's a great scene in Isaiah where Isaiah does get high. It describes uh, Isaiah says. Uh, And then flew one of the seraphim unto me with a live coal he had taken with tongs from off the altar. And he laid it on my lips, and lo, my iniquity was taken away, and my sin was purged. So some shaman-like figure, a seraphim there, grabs, like, with tongs, a burning coal right off the altar, and holds it right up to Isaiah for a super hit, you know? Uh, Isaiah kind of gets high as well. It's hard to say on what. There's this description where he's given a scroll, and it tastes as sweet as honey. And then he swallows it, and he turns bitter in his stomach. And then he begins to prophesy. and he has the famous vision of the wheels with the, uh, the, 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 the bull, the lion, the eagle, and the man around it, you know, and the, and the angel with all the eyes and stuff. Uh, a real psychedelic type of scene may have been something even more potent than than, than cannabis in that account. Um, and uh, as I mentioned earlier, by the time of Jeremiah, this whole thing is condemned. Uh, uh, and Jeremiah is saying, what do I care for your incense of Sheba, your canna from a distant land, because it's now... You know, so so involved with the goddess worship that is seen as something of disdain, and gets prohibited. But the whole thing comes up again in the early Christian period, and the name Christ is the Greek translation of the Hebrew term Messiah, and it makes reference to the same anointing oil that we were talking about from Exodus thirty twenty three oh, yeah, 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 yeah. that, that Moses made. And in the oldest of the, you know, it's hard to remember, Jesus doesn't ever baptize anybody in the whole of the Bible. But in the oldest of the synoptic gospels, Mark, he sends out the apostles with anointing oil to cast out demons and heal the sick. Casting out demons in those days could have meant something like treating epilepsy, which was Mm. thought to be demonic possession up until the medieval times. And in ancient Assyria, there were references to cannabis ointments for hand of ghosts. That's what they kind of thought. It was like a possession. And this is thought to be references to epilepsy. So it was known for these purposes both before and after Jesus' own times. And many of the so-called miracles in the New Testament are things that that cannabis medicines have been attributed to, eye diseases, uh, uh, um, straightening crooked joints and limbs, right? And there was actually a huge controversy about baptism versus Anointing with oils uh, in the early Christian period. And this was between what became the Roman Catholic Church, who the New Testament was put together for, and other groups of Christians, now known under the collective name of Gnosticism. But we have their actual texts surviving now, rediscovered in 1945, the Nag Hammadi Library. And it's quite clear there was a big division over baptism versus anointing with oil. This anointing oil was used both for antheogenic purposes and healing purposes. And in the Gnostic text, it says specifically, there's only water in the baptism, but there's fire in the anointing oil. Through the anointing oil, uh, we are initiated into unfading bliss, and they refer to it as the straightener of crooked limbs and the plant of kindness. So it's pretty specific, and I have botanical elements involved with it, right? And there's also other references to, to, to what was likely infused wines in the early Christian period with these Gnostic sects, where cannabis was used, infused in wine. This was a practice well-known in the ancient world. The Zoroastrian, the ancient Magi, they did this as well, infused cannabis into wine, Um, And uh, also uh, references to incenses that contained a wonder used in magical rituals by Jesus himself in these Gnostic texts. And we should only consider the Bible more authoritative in this case if we consider that history is recorded by the victors but that's not the case we can take a look at history here in north and south you know north america for instance it's really vastly different than the history we were taught in the, as kids in school when you really take a look at the plight of the indigenous people that were here likewise with a lot of uh, the the history around the rise of christianity it led to the to the dark ages you know where humanity lost science and everything for centuries uh, um, through the rise of Christianity in Europe and other places, right? And there was a whole branch of Christianity that used antheogenic substances, no one under the collective term Gnostics, but there are a variety of different sects that we're talking about here, as well as pagan rituals uh, that, that were suppressed as well at the same time period.
1: Dude, you're dropping heavy knowledge, <laughs> You are probably... The most articulate stoner I've ever met in my life. I can't, (laughs) I can't remember anybody's name. You remember everything, and I'm so impressed. And you're wonderful. The interview, and now did because you're dropping so many words on me. I gotta make. Did we talk about alchemy yet, or did you already do that?
0: We could talk about alchemy, you know. Yeah,
1: yeah um, let's get it I, was, the, like, I mean, I've heard so much shit. Yeah, I know. Like, did we talk about this already? It's so awesome, dude. You're, this is wonderful. Uh, yeah, let's hear about weed and alchemy and all that.
0: Sure, sure. Well, you know, an important figure in alchemy is the fourth century figure Zosimos, and he's kind of a branch between these Gnostic religions I was just talking about and alchemy. When these Gnostic religions were suppressed, this sort of initiation went underground. And this is what led to alchemy, personal initiation. Right? And Zosimos wrote specifically about Egyptians infusing cannabis, darnel, and other psychoactive substances in beers and wines for magical purposes. Right? And uh, in the thir- by the by the 12th century, we're starting to see references to what are referred to as quintessences and arcanums. And this is in the branch of alchemy, referred to as sp- spagyric alchemy. This has got to do with plants and things like that, right? And what quintessences and arcanums were basically were, were tinctures. What they would do is they would take wine and they would bury it in dump and leave it in there for a while until it's separated into solids and into a clearer liquid. Separate that, save the clearer liquid. Repeat that process five to seven times. And then until they got a very, very clear alcoholic liquid, right? And this was considered by them a chemical heaven, right? And what they would do is they would infuse herbs into it, let it sit for a while, pull those herbs out, do that again, repeat it like 20 times until they had potent infusions. And these were thought to be capturing the soul, the fifth essence, the quintessence into these uh, uh, infusions, which are also called arcanums, which is like secret, the great secret, right? And uh, references and recipes to these arcanums and quintessences, they can be found in the works of Paracelsus, probably one of the most famous alchemists in the 16th century. He had a, a cannabis infusion that also had Spanish fly and other ingredients in it, but it was used for epilepsy, the type of epilepsy treatment we were talking about here in reference to the holy and wanting world. Avicenna, a huge influence from the Arabic world into Western alchemy, they would refer to cannabis as Avicenna's cannabis, and he wrote specifically about infusions and in wines and stuff like that. Uh, the Lullian Corpus uh, uh, um, which is a, a, a series of texts probably written by different authors not just Lull uh, um, has actual references to cannabis as our cannabis and uh, quintessences. Another famous alchemist Cardano uh, has a recipe for a cannabis infusion uh, alchemical cannabis infusion probably my favorite guy is the author of the uh, uh, famous parody of Church and State Gargantuan Pantagruel, Francois Rabelais and he was a 15th century, 16th century monk and Bachelor of Medicine, but also an alchemist. And he referred to himself as a a master of the quintessence. And he actually incorporated three chapters about cannabis uh, um, uh, under the code name the Herb Pantagrulian, into his famous novel which made a mockery of the church and state, Gargantuan Pantagruel. And this is where Crowley, uh, took his "Do as thou wilt" in Law of Philemas from the stained book. <coughs> Crowley was wear, well aware of these uh, uh, secret cannabis references in Rabelais' work, the alchemist Rabelais' work uh, regarding that, right? So those are real direct references to it, you know. And magic kind of fits in with this alchemy, is you know, kind of written at a time period before magic and science breached off into their separate quarters. <coughs> Sorry.
1: That's all right, dude. You're on fire, bro.
0: Yeah. That's how you know you're
1: high, bro. Yeah. You're coughing.
0: Yeah, there you go, man. To do one of a, a rap there. But magic... <laughs> comes into the Western world with magic, uh, with cannabis. And this, I, when I say this, I'm referring to the Picatrix in the 13th century. King Alfonso of Spain had the 10th century Arabic work, uh, the Gayat al-Hakim, translated into Latin, this is the Picatrix. And this is the foundational document of magic. And in there, there's a recipe involving a pound of cannabis resin mixed with stag blood and burnt to invoke the servant of the moon in a pillar of smoke in much the same way we were talking about in regards to Moses and uh, later magical texts such as the Raziel, Liber Salomonis, the Book of Oberon and the Cunning Man's Grimoire. They have recipes for <laughs> cannabis for seeing visions in mirrors, right? And this is a practice and a use of cannabis that contain, continued well into the early 20th century. A number of well-known occult figures, such as Doctor Pascal Beverly Randos and Louis Alphonse Cagnat, they used hashish for seeing visions in these same sort of mirrors, right? And this was a was is a very interesting uh, technique of magic, and I think that that that. Uh, people exploring uh, entheogens and uh, and psychedelics might want to explore is this relationship between uh, um, uh, altered states and these magic mirrors. And, uh, you know, one of the things I'm sure that you're aware of uh, that is commonly stated about cannabis uh, smokers that use a lot of cannabis is they very rarely dream, right? And a reason that's been given for this is in the 1980s, there was studies done uh, on cannabis and melatonin and they found that when uh, uh, um, people use cannabis in the daytime that almost immediately upon use melatonin levels could be spiked by up to like 2,000 times regular daytime levels so probably regular users of cannabis are depleting their melatonin uh, through the day and that some people, desire to do this people with ptsd for instance because they're having bad dreams you know less dreams means less bad dreams right wow. but i noticed this alternative effect and a couple of times i've gotten up at like 4 a.m and I've, I've puffed a bit of cannabis and i've had the most intense vivid dreams that i've ever had and i attribute this to the same spike of melatonin right And so what is it, you know, what is it that tells us our dreams at night? Our dreams are inside our own head. There's only us involved in it. But somehow we're in the dream and we're being told the dream or we're the other characters in the dream all at the same time. And this is the interaction between the conscious and the unconscious or subconscious mind. And in fact, the unconscious or the subconscious came to be identified and designated by people that were experimenting with cannabis. We can go back to Dr. J.J. J. Moreau, who in the mid-19th century uh, was a member of Le Club de Hashishin, the Hashish Club, in uh, France, with uh, Victor Hugo, Alexander Dumas, uh, Henri those Balzac, Gerard de Nerval, and other luminaries whose books are still in print. they such classics, right? We're all members of this Hashish Club. And he was uh, trying to figure out what this stone state was, and he was identifying it with insanity and the dream state. And it's, this is what slowly progressed, and you can follow this progression of it. I based my conclusion around this material in my book, Libra 420, which I think is so important. Because what we're talking about here from the alchemical standpoint is the marriage of the sun and the moon. And what I mean by this is the sun is our daytime aware reflective consciousness, but our moon, our silver poetic consciousness, that's the one that dreams, that tells us our dreams at night and authors those dreams. And that's the one that was speaking to these agent magicians through the magic mirror. And they found a way to split this, right? And it's the unification of this sun and the moon that gives us genius. You know what I mean? And there's a purposeful way to use substances like cannabis to achieve that end, but it takes more than just getting high. You know, there's going to have to be some effort involved and focus uh-huh. and that type of thing. Right. But it's the opportunity for that bridge. Well, man,
1: uh, I think this is wonderful. I could talk to you all day. Can uh, real quick, where the Freemasons fall into the whole Ah. Uh, Cannabis situation. <laughs>
0: you, you know, it's funny. I just did a presentation on April 12th for the number one uh, lodge in Washington, D.C. You know, George Damn, Washington. i going
1: into the yeah, dead. Yeah,
0: presentation uh, uh, on all this stuff. And it does seem to me that, you know, like the Knights Templar, you know, there's been uh, uh, often made this claim that they had a cannabis-infused wine mixed with aloe and hemp. And when I went back over the historical record, I could not find any references to this wine. But there was a pope that was friendly with the Templars that did have a cannabis-infused wine recipe for medical purposes, likely picked it up through the Templars. But what's more interesting is that the Templars had a contract with uh, Saracens, Arabs, to grow cannabis for them in Spain. And Arabs would not be industrial fiber hemp growers. They would have been resin cannabis growers. And Spain, hashish was known in Spain in this time period, right? And at the arrest of the Knights Templar, uh, there was, uh, both at the British uh, uh, temple site and the, the French, there was a large amount of cannabis uh, listed. On the records of what they took uh, when they when they went in and seized everything on the list of goods and whatnot. So uh, they were obviously into cannabis, and they probably picked up with this uh, uh, through their contact with the Hashishins and uh, Sufis and stuff like that, that were using cannabis in the Holy Land in the time period they were there, right? And uh, the 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 uh, Villard de Honnecourt, a 13th century mason, and his portfolio of Villa de Honnecourt, which is largely just illustrations of building techniques in the Holy Land and other places. The only page of text in that whole document is a cannabis infused wine recipe. So uh, this is pretty, you know, this is like. This is the mythology of Freemasonry. Most people think it probably didn't start till the 18th century, but this is the mythology that is built in. And Rabelais himself, he makes reference to drinking as the Templars in his his uh, his book, where he's referring to cannabis infusions, the secret cannabis use. You know what I mean? Uh, um, and indicates Masonic connections with that as well. So there's a, a real string going on there uh, through that. I think that likely. Uh, um, there's uh, the, the Scottish Rites uh, uh, masonry figure, Johann Schropper, in uh, the mid-18th century. And he was clearly using drugs with what is <laughs> called phantasmagoria techniques. This would be things like what? using a slide projector to uh, put images into smoke and making people think they saw a ghost and stuff. And what? he was uh, uh, likely using cannabis uh, when he was pulling that on people and using these <laughs> in Scottish Masonic Rite techniques. And Cagliostro as well has been connected with with cannabis by Eliphas Levi, uh, um, and likely using cannabis and techniques there. And I think that there's references to uh, the drinking of a sacred elixir in certain fringe rites of Scottish Rites Masonry or Mizraim Masonry that were likely uh, first indicated, uh, first first involved the use of. cannabis or opium or some other psychoactive substances and we know that uh, the Hermetic Brotherhood of Luxar particularly a well-known American uh, European uh, secret society that they were using cannabis as soma in their initiation so there's some interesting stuff to go into there and I I, I do explore that in Libra 420 in great detail and I had some pretty uh, well-known masons uh, assist me with my research and go over it when I was working on that stuff Damn, dude. Damn. He goes deep.
1: He goes deep, dude. I I mean Do you how, do you think you remember any of those names? No, he got all of them right. He got all of them right.
2: <laughs> I was thinking they could all just be made up, for all you he, know, he though, could, right? He <laughs> could. Yeah, yeah, he the just bad. <laughs> he yeah, could be well, the He could don't bad.
0: take my word for it. You know, uh, um, if you search my name in cannabis, I got lots of articles online. And the big thing with my work is, like, I have huge bibliographies and reference footnotes and citations and all that type of things because I wouldn't listen to me. You know what I mean? Some hippie dude telling me if Jesus used cannabis, Moses no, used cannabis. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, right, but, you know, definitely. The first time somebody told me about all the industrial uses of him, that's exactly what I said to them. I was like, yeah, right, I'd know about that if that were true. Can you, before, you, <laughs> before, before we go real quick, can you, can you tell uh, us what's um, on the wall? You know, but uh, it's, 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 you know, a lot of this stuff is like straight-up archaeology or actual references to cannabis and 17th-century alchemical texts or things like that, man. And you can verify this stuff if you take a look at my books or articles. Of and course. That. Don't hey, take my chris word
1: for it. chris uh uh johnny has a
2: question for can you. you before we go can you t- tell us uh, about a few of the things on your wall you got some interesting uh, yeah what's items up there with the wall? eye oh,
0: okay yeah sure man this is a uh, these two things here they're 19th century knight templar aprons that was go. like a french group of masonry that i was looking at you know for the sort of sacred uh uh, uh, uh drinks we were talking about cool. uh, um I got an actual stuffed cobra up there. This is oh, wow. a Goodfellows apron right here. What's this is a, a Goodfellows apron. Goodfellows like another secret society. Oh from shit! This is a review of my book on the Bible in the London England Sunday Times by Professor Carl Rock. This oh, wow. is a. I don't know how well you can see that. Is a. Oh, oops, sorry.
1: That's fine. It's killing it.
0: You're doing yeah. great. This is, I don't know how well you can see that, but it's a 16th century painting or 17th century painting called fakirs prepare bomb and it has a bunch of sufis they're um smoking it here uh, uh but they're breaking it off the stock here crushing it here and then running it through a that filter looks like, right here right
1: that looks like uh, every street on la right now right like the quarter <laughs> people are just smoking it's like
0: 1625 uh, and uh, the islamic massive. history as well man with <laughs> cannabis that's another mind-blowing area of history you know it's it's a really fascinating history all around that we you know, we barely even touched on this. We come back for next four, 20 for the next 20 years and have a show like this one about all different uh, history and culture about cannabis because it's really wild stuff the more you look into it. And I want to leave you with a thought. Hold
1: oh, before you um, give us uh, your final thought, like Jerry Springer. Hold on one second. I just <laughs> want to ask you, are, are there any dark arts occult stuff? That you discovered with cannabis where they, you know, they, I mean, besides the weird where he projected stuff into the smoke, but where there's like some dark art occultic stuff that happened with that
0: absolutely absolutely you know uh levi he wrote about a, a recipe for invoking the devil that involved uh, cannabis and poppies uh, boiled in wine and drunk in consecutive days you know um, and uh, there's uh, there's gr- dark grimoires dark magic grimoires that that have references to cannabis into it and books like the picatrix now they involve like human body parts and secretions and animal body parts it's hard you know it's hard Hardly uh, what I'd call white magic, you know what I mean? It's a mix, you know what I mean? It's not, it's not good or evil unto itself, you know what I mean? It, it, it's like all these things are tools, even magic can be used for good or evil, and so can entheogenic substances for mind control or mind freeing your mind, you know what I mean? Uh, and and that, that's an important thing to know about, about them and stuff like that, right?
1: Yeah, for sure. We gotta have you back to get into the, like these dark arts occultists and their and their ability to to fucking roll tight joints and shit like that. <laughs> we gotta get into that. Uh what's your final thought? Final question, right here. Yeah, dab, dab, dab. You know, are you into dabs?
0: That that cannabis kind of puts humanity back is offering a, a thing right here, a paradigm shift. You know, to put humanity back in the driver's seats of their own reality. And, and what I mean by that is, um, uh, when you take a look at how something like, say, Darwin's theory of evolution changed the way that human reality perceived the, the, the world around them, you know, and replaced the myths of Eden and the creation of Adam and Eve, I think this archaeological evidence of cannabis emerging out of the desert sands is offering us a paradigm shift because what it really reveals is the plant-based shamanic origins of religion itself, an avenue of ecstasy that's available to each and every one of us, an avenue of experience, of gnosis. And uh, um, I think that's like so profound, man, you know, and that's what's going to come out of this is going to be, A lot of struggle as this information becomes more and more popular against that reality. But uh, I'm going to stand by that. And, uh, yeah, well, thanks for having me on the show, man. Happy 420, everybody. Happy
1: 420. He came. He saw. He kicked a whole lot of ass. He's Chris Bennett. Chris, real quick, where can they find your books? Is there a website they go to so you can get all your books? Uh, you
0: can books? go to Amazon.com, you know, search my name in cannabis. I'm sure a few books will come up on there. <clears throat> Trying Day Publishers, my publisher. I have a blog over at CannabisCulture.com uh, that you can find there. And I've got lots of historical articles. I've also got a number of documentaries and other interviews online. You can go to YouTube and search Chris Bennett and Cannabis or cannabis. Uh You can find documentaries I have with uh, interviews with academics that I've done about some of these subjects uh, going into more detail.
1: Well, Chris, I could speak for everybody on the show. We had a wonderful time having you on. You came, you saw, you dropped a keg of wolf bass. Maybe a bong of whoop-ass <laughs> on us. And uh, we really do appreciate it. We hope you'll come back on Tim Fall Hat Again, we'll get even deeper in this. Hope you guys all enjoyed the show. And, uh, man, we thank you so much. And I hope to see everybody in Phoenix. So uh, thank you so much for your support. I'll see you in AZ, everybody. We go deep, homeboy. Eric, <laughs> open your mic. <laughs> Drink. From the fountain of knowledge. There's lizard people everywhere. That, 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 that's some interdimensional idea. <laughs> Wake up, Aaron.
0: This is only the beginning.
1: There's, you just blew my mind. Tim Foil hat. Tim Foil, hack, Tim foil.